0: anybody hear me?
1: Hi, can you hear me?
0: Yes, I can. Hi, Lynn. How are you? I'm good. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time, Lynn. I'm really excited to get to learn a little bit about you and, and maybe we can talk about some of your poetry as well, you know, a little bit of everything. Okay. Um, okay. But uh, if it's okay for me to ask, where are you from? Columbia, Missouri. Oh, okay. Has that always been home for you?
1: no i came here to go to journalism school um i grew up in baton rouge at least that's that's what i say (laughs) i um i was born in canada um but um as you know from my poems my mom had this illness and Mm. so after about a month i um moved with my grandparents to louisiana Mm. so um i was down there and then um at some point we moved to wisconsin to be by my dad's family and been back here, and then I've been in. I was in Seattle for ten
0: years. I mean, I moved. So there's there's a little bit of different places that you've been to for sure. Do you recall when you were first growing up? uh, You know, these experiences seem to have had a huge impact on your your perspective, your worldview. These situations with your mom. Do you recall Mm -hmm. first being aware of of what her situation was, like when when you were very young, or was this something that happened when you were older?
1: One of my earliest memories of being with my mom is visiting her in um, a mental hospital when I was about four mm. and playing a board game. Um, I don't know that I knew anything about it earlier than that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she had been, but she was hospitalized from from very shortly after I was born for my whole first year.
0: Oh, wow. So did you feel like writing has been a constant in your life that has kind of helped you through some of these really difficult experiences?
1: I don't know that I started to deal with my mom's mental illness and how it affected me until high school or mm-hmm. maybe even even college. Um, I, I was trying to think of this yesterday. When did I start writing? Because people ask that a lot. <laughs> and um, You know, I don't really remember uh, how or why I got started outside of it being a school assignment Um, Mm -hmm. because journaling wasn't a big thing um, to teach in the English classes, which, you know, when I was in school where it was for my daughter, my daughter's generation. So, Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: (laughs) So it was just kind of one of those things that happened organically, just like, you know, you would pick up a pen or have a conversation. It's just something that was available. Uh, but no, no real thought about that until maybe later on having a writer, this is me kind of eureka moment. Was that something yeah. that you ever experienced?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I do. I, I think, you know, I listen to other people's interviews and, you know, people say, oh, I knew since I was three or, you know, I've just always been a writer. I've had to write. I need to write. And I want to admit this because I think probably I'm not the only one who felt like this. I think i really wanted recognition i i think i was looking for that more than i was looking to immerse myself in writing and the fun of writing Mm. and i'm guessing part of that has to do with you know my mom being gone a lot and wanting to have uh people to know that i was here you know in the world right and uh it it was until much later that um that i got to where you know i just I'm a writer. That's what I do. I, it's just a part of me. I can't imagine not having. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that wasn't that way in the very beginning.
0: Right. So it's definitely one of those things where it was more of a vehicle for connection rather than just the act or the habit of writing itself. This is just kind of a something that mm-hmm. that happens to be the way to do it, but not necessarily what you were interested in in the beginning. Is just to generate that moment of, of having a, a kind of intimacy with a, a reader or, you know, somebody that you care about that way. Yeah. Now you you mentioned you were from Canada. Was that something that was still a part of your, your life or you don't have a lot of association now with, with Canada?
1: I don't because, um, the reason we were there was, or the reason my parents were there is because my dad was in the air force, the U S oh, air I force. Okay. There was there was a base there in Newfoundland. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to go back and see, see what it's like. And, um, I've just seen pictures and it just, everything I hear is it's just a one that people are wonderful there. And, and, um, (laughs) I just see where I was born.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. So when you went to school pursuing journalism, what drew you to that? Or what was something that you took away from those, those years in that area of study?
1: Um, I think one of the first things I figured out was how many um, different perspectives there can be um, around the same event. Mm. And I, I figured that out when I covered an event and looked at my article versus one that was in, you know, instead of it being a student daily paper in the community paper, and it was vastly different. <laughs> um, and that also gave me an idea that There's more to reality than than just the facts, because we have our interpretations of those facts. And the other thing is, is it the journalism? um, Well, what I realized was I like to gather information, but um, sometimes I'm not real good at giving it out. Uh And um, and I have to say, that's one reason I'm an editor now. and not a reporter. (laughs) So interesting um, because I just I I realized that was a, a better fit for me. But I just love getting out and talking to people like you're, like we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. You know that, I just love hearing people's stories and finding out about them.
0: Oh, yeah. And uh, as I had mentioned before with uh, another guest who had done journalism in the past, I feel like that's such a, for one, a really admirable profession to go into because I do feel that we need it desperately in the world right now. But I also find that the skill set that you acquire in that field, is so essential to any kind of writing that you do just because of how immediate it is, how succinct it is. And, and there's like a clarity that I envy from journalists that I wish I could have just because I feel like I go on tangents you know, forever and ever. But uh, were there a handful of things that you felt you acquired that made you a better poet from your journalism life?
1: Well, I think the need to be succinct Um, to to be able to express something um, accurately in few words. Um, I I learned to sort of uh, write on the fly and and generate a lot of material. And I will say that doesn't necessarily translate, but um, (laughs) um, it's helpful. Um, I think it helped me develop um, an idea of, you know what questions to ask mm. of of people or situations um, i'm not a real asked on follow-up questions but i'll keep thinking about something mm. um, another thing was um new- newspapers um as technology changed um turned out where um copy editors are also doing um page design so I've always loved visual arts as well as, oh, as, as writing. And so that helped me combine those two things. And then I think working graphically reinforces uh, development of images in, in my poetry. I mean, there are probably others, but that that's what comes to mind.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I, I also wanted to thank you for sharing your awesome poems with me. I had a chance to check them out this weekend as, as I was kind of getting ready. And I was just really just tremendously moved by the poem that you wrote uh, for your mom, the the Ashes poem. It was just such a powerful piece. And I find that those poems really affect me because not that I had a, a bad relationship with my mom. I love my mom and I'm thankful that she's still around. But um, there were some things in her life that made it difficult sometimes, you know, uh, because of the way that she was brought up herself that, that just kind of reverberate um, across generations, I think. But That's a poem that really just stuck with me. And I wanted to ask, uh, how long did that particular poem take for you to put together? And what is it about that place that you went to that, that makes you feel like you were able to celebrate her in this way?
1: Well, my mom died in 2011. And I don't think I started writing that poem until maybe... 2017 or so but i think i was revising it all the way into 2020 um because i had a hard time figuring out the format um and it it's been a real balancing act um for me because i want to be true to my feelings and my perceptions but i also want to communicate how Much I love my mom and still love my mom, and um, it, it that that poem, um, I don't know, somehow for me, it, it, it's about her. I was up in Minnesota taking care of my father in law um, with my husband, and um, we had just gone up there to do that with my parents' blessings, and my mom died, hmm. so I um. I drove down and uh to missouri which my parents aren't aren't from here either but they moved here because we're here and i i didn't make it and um so uh i was about two hours away and called my dad from friends and and he said you know you might as well wait wait for tomorrow so that ex- you never have that experience until you have it, you know? And, um, so it, it was, um, it was very chilling. And then I did that internet rabbit hole thing where you, you start wondering something. And so you look it up. And then before long, I'm finding out all these things about, um, uh, mortuaries and, and practices around, um, uh, you know, funerals and what we do in this country. And I mean, it was just a a huge spiral of information. Mm. And, um, and then I just had to, to winnow it down. Um, And we had, um, my dad had, had called the, um, uh, he had decided on a a public place because that way um, it was always accessible, the location. Mm -hmm. Um, And, um, yeah, it was it was it was a really beautiful thing. And I and I think I I think in retrospect our whole relationship was beautiful. I think sometimes we look at we think beauty is the absence of, of ugly or bad or danger, but I think the whole thing is beautiful.
0: Right. I, I couldn't agree more because the truth about being with family and having that closeness is just how it just takes you on this roller coaster, right? This this wide spectrum of of hurt and and deep love that's just back and forth a lot of the time. And I think that's another aspect too that you reminded me of with this poem. And you know, once again I just wanted to mention it for folks so that they know where to go. Is this going to be in your poetry collection? Is this available at a current publication right now?
1: Um it's it's not easily available. Mm-hmm. Um if people go to my website I, I have found a proof PDF online and I've put the link to that. Oh good. Um, but um uh, but otherwise it is in my chat book. Yeah. That's coming out, you know, later in the
0: year. I, I don't know. It feels like I've I've been all over the place, but uh, I used to work in a cemetery. So my job was to arrange a lot of these preparations and a lot of that process for folks. You know, I would schedule the appointments for the burials and things like that. And you just remind me that. There is a lot that is unspoken about the the process of death and passing, and we are fumbling around in the dark a lot of the time in, in this process, and it's so painful because I wish we were conditioned a little bit more. I mean, obviously, there's no way to anticipate, right? There's no way to really know how hard it's going to hit or when it's going to hit, but at least a bit of, just a little bit of cushion to this this massive blow that we, that we get. Um, but i just wanted to to say that it's lovely to see that there are some mechanics there about that process and it helps me feel like people get a sense of that you know of how you even though you're suffering you still have to go through that right. that act of just continuing um so if if i may ask how has it been to continue after after these these really difficult times
1: you know i i one of my I, I've been thinking a lot of, about, you know, writing and publishing and, and why do it all and, and I, I and I'm not sure how many more um mom poems or, or or poems about mental illness or mental health I'll write, but probably probably a fair amount. And I I I really feel that I want I wanted to um I, I I feel um, I'm frustrated with myself for um, as a kid really um, feeling a, a stigma that that my mom would would feel a stigma for her mental illness and um, and just all the things that she went through in the course of treatment and so I those are the kinds of things I want to bring to light and kind of make it be more I mean normal I mean it's just a Normal's even a, a not the right word, but this it was I thought of this as a thing that was outside of the, my relationship with my mom and that it was um something that was hurting us that it was something I needed to be ashamed of. Mm. It's actually just a part it's it's just a part of the relationship it's a part of my life we we all have these kinds of things that make us not fit in, but at the time we think we're the only ones right. um there There's a tendency too, to for people to downplay um yeah. uh, the kinds of uh, kinds of negative interactions that you have. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean it's to stay guarded, true, right right and it's yeah. true that well, I will say um at a certain point, my mom told me she thought that actually she had a very severe case of postpartum depression. Mm which I looked up and saw that, okay, there's something called postpartum psychosis. Well, I was born in 1959 and my mom said, they didn't talk about that stuff then. Hmm. Well, instead of, of being treated for something like that, she was subjected to hundreds of shock treatments and all kinds of medications. And, um, and, and it wasn't out of malice. I mean, people were looking for a solution, but She was really, I think, a victim of the time and of knowledge, um, of psychiatric knowledge at that time and practice. Um, But all all these things, um, you know, I would not say I was an abused child. But there were some things that happened that 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 were abusive. It was that was not the intent, you know. And it was from a time where my mom was having. Psychotic breaks, and um, that took a long time to come to terms with, and and then to also think of my own men- mental health, and um, you know, at a time where I thought, no, 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 I, I don't ever want to get counseling. Well, then I'm getting get counseling, and then I progressed to a point where um, you know, dealing with all of this and trying to write this collection, I, I had to tap into all these really old feelings, and I noticed. It, it was really difficult, and I mm-hmm. um, and I, I I ended up getting on an antidepressant, and um, and and still am. And that was really difficult for me because all this work I've done on this, I'm I'm still working on my own feelings about um, what it means if somebody's mentally ill, or what it means if somebody's not seen as the norm, you know, in our, our society.
0: Yeah, and that's a powerful thing, this courage to put all of this on paper, to express it in such a way that you're able to bring awareness about these things, because I feel like we're never given the language to handle any of this, and especially for those who are at, a, at the largest disadvantage or the people who are uh, in, in really vulnerable positions or situations of trauma. There's just very little in regards to how to express this, how to communicate with this. And that's why I think your work is so important in this arena because we need more of that. And we need to get it to people who who need to know, as you said, that they're not alone, that this is something that you shouldn't have to be guarding the whole time and and that you you should be expressing it. But I noticed that. Maybe it's just a writing writer thing, but for you, uh, you, you come across as having this this deep sense of empathy for what your mom was going through, even though it was difficult for you to to be okay. you You offered a lot of empathy toward her. And I wonder if that's always been the case for you or if you if you picked that up along the way and just kind of wrestled with that
1: yeah it it was it was an along the way thing because i I spent a lot of time being really, really angry um, i mean even even to the point um i got i got married when I was um almost forty, and we were supposed to go shopping for a veil and at the last minute she didn't want to go and it it was the first time I really had a big fight with her at least the first one i remember mm-hmm. because i just felt like i still even then felt like oh well this is she she could she could do better she could she could be there for me if she really wanted to be mm-hmm. and and it took me a long time um past that to realize that no she couldn't that she was she was working as hard as she could to um to to be there in her own life and and in mine and my dad's and um and i i just finally realized that she was doing her best and and uh that i should just accept it Mm. and um I'd, it was just really hard for me um to n- not look at it as as being a hurting a hurting kid or an angry kid and just kind of see her as a person separate from me mm-hmm. which is a real challenge and i it, yeah
0: yeah yeah i so i I don't mean to digress, but this caught my eye while um i was reading your bio can you tell me about your dad's typewriter
1: oh (laughs) you know um my dad actually when my parents first got married well after he got out of the service he worked at a cemetery too oh (laughs) he um he he mowed the mowed grass at the cemetery Mm -hmm. and um and at 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 a point um he he did all kinds of all kinds of work, whatever there was, and um, he worked at a sheet metal place. He was a laborer at a petrochemical plant, and and at some point he thought, you know, he would go back to go back to school. And this is in another poem, actually, that that's in the chapbook. Hmm. But he, um, I remember he he we, he saved um, mom and dad saved SNH green stamps and Raleigh coupons. And dad got um, a desk and a Smith Corona typewriter for his night school. And um, when I um, when I went off to college, I got the typewriter. Mm. And um, and I would I'm I'm kind of a perfectionist, so I'm really happy we have computers because <laughs> I would start I, I, I'd start writing a, a poem, and I think I maybe have always done it with a keyboard and not so much by hand but i i would i would you know get to the end of a line no that's not right out comes the paper a ball of paper thrown across the room <laughs> but eventually i sort of tied my my identity as a poet to that particular typewriter
0: oh wow and,
1: and when it finally gave out and i i couldn't write to save my life i don't know i don't mm. know what it was i i finally all these years later realized there is no magic device but um i i don't know if it was my that it was i had all these poems that were really connected to my family and that that's yeah. that was a piece of it or if i just you know sometimes you just people have a favorite pen you know you like the oh, way yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> the contours of something i just like the clack of that the clack of that particular typewriter and the the way the keys were shaped or something.
0: Oh, yeah. 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 No, I absolutely agree. And I think it's a matter of habit and ritual. I think us writers just kind of tend to get into the zone and, and believe that we are elevated by the tools that we use. I mean, I remember for about at least 10 years, I only used blue big pens, the cheapest pens I could on loose leaf paper you know college ruled or wide ruled paper mm-hmm. and that's it because anything else would be frivolous and unnecessary and it would it would get in the way right and and now i'm just a, uh-huh. a fancy schmancy fountain pen guy or whatever but i do feel that like typewriting is so gratifying and i can't even imagine with that added family aspect of this this vessel that is allowing you to channel everything I mean, it just seems like it's built for that, right? For that really intense kind of work to just let things out.
1: I probably, you're making me realize I should write an ode to the my Smith Corona oh, or something. Oh, of
0: course, of course. There's <laughs> That's a great opportunity there for you. It caught my eye because I used to have a typewriter too when I was in, in middle school. I found it at a yard sale, like some of the keys weren't working, but I was like, oh, I'm going to be a writer. So I'm going to have something like this. And uh, I think that's why my Fingers were all busted now because I was just hitting them too hard or whatever. But <laughs> um, it's just such a a tactile, real thing, and mm-hmm. uh, I just noticed that it's kind of interesting because the other poem that you shared with me had this a little bit of a discussion about the change of technology too. Um, the the one that was talking about the transition from from paper to digital, the the book uh, poem that you sent. Oh right, right. Yeah. And so I'm curious of that transition since we're talking about tools of the trade going from typewriting to digital how has that transition been like for you if you could elaborate a little bit more on that and and what has the digital age done for you and your writing
1: gosh it i tell you it's uh it's remarkable like i said i i think that i've i've mostly just always you know done poems with with keyboards, but written poems with keyboards. But um, the idea that you can can write something and save multiple versions—you've got things really handy. You know, you can cut and paste. And some people, um, you know, if you if you go to a workshop and and or take a class and they want you to do a free write, a lot of times they want you to to write by hand mm. uh, because they think people will be, I guess, less in their editor mode, but I'm actually, um, less in my editor mode when I'm, um, free writing with the keyboard because it's really fast. Mm. And I, I don't have that. I think because I can go back and change things, I don't care if it's messy or misspelled. (laughs) And if I'm writing in my notebook, I really care. And then I slow myself down. Um, so, so that's been a big advantage. And then, and then the whole, um, going through, um, down the rabbit holes, you know, to, to get more information. I mean, it's, I love to find some kind of fact about things or, or looking up words or, um, I have this, I have a poem that's not, it hasn't been published yet, but in it, um, oh shoot, now I'm not going to remember the word. <laughs> There's, um, well, okay, I'll, I'll skip it. But there's another one I, I found out while writing, writing a poem about um, art in an exhibit that the little uh, square uh, label or tag that, that's on the wall by um, each piece of art is called a tombstone. Oh, really? Yeah. And the, and, and the, the artwork, it was an acrostic poem. Um uh there's someone I, I met on Twitter, um Paul Brooks. He has um every year he does a challenge through his um blog The Wombwell Rainbow. Um but anyway, it it was it reminded me of a crematorium. Mm. And so the idea then that these things are called tombstones worked into the poem. Um so it's just, it's just funny. I, I've had that happen a couple of times writing about death. And that was the poem I was thinking about. It was a, yeah. a deer on the highway. And I can't think of the word, but the, the name of that piece of ground between the highway and the ramp has an, a word, a name that relates to oh,
0: interesting. death
1: as well. Now you're going to yeah. send
0: me on a rabbit hole search and I'm going to have to go uh-oh, looking for uh-oh. it. You, you'll have to let me know. <laughs> but that's fascinating because I think it says a lot about the way you construct things, the way that you see things and, and you say, this piece is going to bloom into something else. But you have to do the research first, right? It seems like that's a very integral part of how you write. Is that accurate?
1: I I. I i uh, maybe I do it simultaneously. Connection is really important to me on just about every level, whether it's connecting ideas, connecting people, um, connecting emotions to to words. all all of that is um, uh, very basic to who I am mm-hmm. as a person
0: mm-hmm. so in, in terms of your collection, and this one is is going to be coming out real soon. When did you know that you had enough poems for it, or is that how that process happened? compiling poems that you already had, or or did you say, "I'm going to do a poetry collection now I got to write all these?" How did that come about
1: i you know, I think that um I don't remember if I mentioned this before to you, but i I had taken a really long break from writing poetry and mm-hmm. um i mean decades and oh, wow. and when I got back to it and 2015 I just started started writing and and learning and reading and all of that well um I think the idea of coming out with you know putting the poems together came from having more Mm self-confidence that I had something to say and contribute um and because I and I I saw people around me and I was thinking oh yeah I could never have uh, I mean I don't have never put together a full collection, which would be lots more than than I have. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I thought, you know, maybe I should try putting this together and see what happens. And then I just tried to learn and, and look at other collections. And, and I got some help from other people in putting it together. But the I I I knew I had all these poems to write about my mother and so it was kind of a ready-made theme Mm -hmm. i didn't have to think about oh what's the theme and which ones go together although there are some poems that are um more uh i guess tangential Mm -hmm. um but still relate to her and and those are in there too
0: um just to be respectful of your time here um can you tell me what? coming back to poetry has done for you in your quality of life in the way that you see the world how has that provided some healing um why do we need to prioritize and promote the arts and if you could share some personal thoughts on that
1: i think it's given me a framework for expressing what what been inside um as far as um you know it's like the things have a have a place to go you know the feelings have a have a place to go it's a it's a vehicle for sharing so that the the process of of feeling and 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 um sorting through experiences so that whole thing doesn't feel so lonely. I think it's a way of making, um, making the word beauty, um, making something beautiful and, and, and and making meaning. I mean, I think that's, that's kind of what we do in the world is we are looking for, for meaning. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, there's validation too, but I think in the sense that other people can say, Hey, I, I went through that too, or I'm going through that too." the the one thing that's so amazing about the arts is just the, it is so, so different, so different. And, you know, I like the, um, the frastic poetry challenge I did was amazing. There were about 20 people and using the same images and you could have 20 different poems about the same thing and that's because we all think differently um and you know that you can label feelings the same but our feelings we don't feel them the same i mean all of mm-hmm. that that it goes to show how different we all are it's a it's a very um exciting and respectful way i guess mm-hmm. to to think of of that I don't know. I'm I'm better with the words when I can write and revise than just coming out, you know, and no, I like this. I but.
0: sincerely appreciate that because I, I, I just like to get a little bit excited about how it affects you personally because I feel that selfishly it helps me <laughs> with uh, you know, the the way I pursue the writing. So all of that is greatly appreciated and I'm glad that you feel that way about. About the work, but lastly, because it is Mother's Day, um, and because your collection is about this, what would you like for the reader to to get out of your collection in regards to to this very very important relationship with uh, our mothers?
1: I'd like I'd like people to know that to realize that um, that yes, we're we're you know parents and children, mothers and daughters, but we're individuals also that the, the things that happen to each does you know one affects the other that you can that you can have some pretty horrific things happen and there can still be love and a strong love that you can that sometimes you can sort out an intention from action and it's okay if they don't match up I mean sometimes it's not okay but sometimes it is. You know I'd like people to to get that mental illness is I mean a lot of this is subjective. There's no x-ray for what was going on with my mom. And um over it all I mean I just really I hope whoever reads it realizes how much I love my mom. I mean on a very personal note I hope that comes through. I really do cuz I one of my motives for this um, chat book is that it's just something that keeps her in the world a little longer. It covers some scary stuff for me, but it's it's, in the end a tribute to my mom.
0: That's a beautiful sentiment, Lynn, and a wonderful note to end on. But I want to thank you for sharing all of these wonderful stories, a lot of your perspective and and your insights from your time writing and, and creating this these wonderful poems, and uh, I really do wish you the best, and I hope that folks get a chance to check out your work. And I'm going to make sure that they take a look at your website, and it will be included in the podcast description. But uh, once again, thank you so much for taking the time to do this, and uh, I apologize for the technical difficulties we've ha- we've had today, but um, I'm really really glad we got to talk.
1: Me too. This is really it's really been been lovely speaking with you and awesome. I, I just really appreciate the invitation
0: yeah thanks. well we're going to get the episode out and it's going to be it's going to be wonderful for everyone to listen so i want to dedicate uh this episode to your mom of course and to all the moms out there on this special day and uh thanks so much lynn i'll be in touch
1: thanks right. so much
0: take bye. care you. bye bye